Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the End of Cells podcast, our New Year special. And as you can see, it's an extravaganza. We're bringing back again <coughs> our first on video. I'm joined by William, Ross, Anthony and Francis. How are you all? Hey, all good. All good, mate. Good, mate. I'm all good, Stephen. Yourself, Anthony? Good, man. How are you, Stephen? How are you getting on, kid? I'm fine, I'm fine. It's going, hopefully a crack a show tonight, Ross, so we'll get straight into it. And obviously, people people will notice that my co-host John is missing. That's because his jaw is playing him up. Two fakes and all that. He's dosed up with parasitical painkiller, so he's decided to drop out. But we all wish him well from everyone in the podcast. And this is kind of our review, gentlemen, and in the post of first six months in charge of Celtic Football Club. And come to yourself first, William. Now, <coughs> Postcogly when he first came in, our podcast <laughs> leading up to that, we're a bit iffy, let's be honest here. A wee bit kind of up and down. And he's fairly come in and up tonight. He took the Celtic, Celtic bag storm, really, both on the pitch and off the pitch in terms of supporters United with the team. And one of the first hurdles that faced him was European football. And quite early on, we exited the Champions League. There was a lot of disappointment. But we did get through to the Europa League group stage. And for me, that was one of the final points of the season. European football back at Celtic Park and a confidence boost to the team that was depleted from that season? Yeah. Um, I feel like we've got half a squad now. And back then, I don't even know what you would call it. So uh, to get to the Europa League was, uh, you know, it was good for us as a club. Ange coming in has been unreal. He's, I honestly think he's going to be up there by the end of his tenure. Hopefully that's going to be in a long, long time. I think he'll be up there in the folklore with the O'Neills and Rogers, um, the, the steady football he's implemented since he's come in, uh, and the way he is with the media is there's been nobody like, nobody like him. He puts every person in his place. There's never been a question that's been put to him where I've thought, oh no, like we used to get with Lennon every every post match uh, interview last year, like you sit in your head in your hands, and just a complete polar opposite. Uh, I think there was a bit of trepidation at the start, and it was because of the unknown. It wasn't like we were um, bashing them or thinking it was it was world's worst appointment. I think that we were all hanging on the coattails of how for so long, and it was yep. dragged out. And the media were telling us so much, like every single day that it's happened. It's he's there, and it's signed, it's all done, and it dragged on for so long that we kind of had that in our, in our hearts, and and that was taken away from us, and Andrew's thrown at us within hours. So it was. I think it was kind of a bit of the unknown. Um, now it's. The, I think it's the best thing that could have happened to us as a club. Um, yeah. Andrew's been nothing short of unbelievable since he came in. He said it himself that in these six months there's not been a week where there's not been something, some some sort of curveball thrown at him. And uh, to be where we are in the position we are, we are a league trophy, uh, we are a, a trophy already in the bag. Uh, if you told me that when we were in now that turmoil with the house situation in the, in the summer or the end of, tail end of last season, um, <laughs> I would have laughed at you because we were in a bad way and the turnover in the squad has been incredible. And uh, the fact that we've already got a trophy in the bag and we're looking good uh, only speaks volumes of what Andrew's done since he's joined the club. Yeah, I mean, winning trophies, William, brings success and it proves you're hungry. Unlike other clubs, who say after one trophy, that's it, I'm kind of full up, which again is just baffling. <laughs> but coming to yourself, Ross, I mean, you look at the European landscape side of things, we were disappointed in Europe that the previous campaigns, <laughs> I know what you're saying, we were, we were dis- disappointed in Europe, the previous campaigns, 
we didn't really fulfil our potential. And again, yes, we've got pulled out of the Champions League. I always believe we should be there at some point in the future. But just to get the Europa League for me, as I said to William, and he made some great points, it was fatal for that team because William touched upon it. That squad back then was more depleted than it is now. Where there was fringe players like Dan Murray played in some qualification games. There was young players being called up left, right and centre. It just proved to me at, at that time, Postacogli knew how to manage his way of a bad situation. Aye, to get for to get Europa League football, when Ange came in and the, the the squad that he had at his disposal, it was <clears throat> it was a great achievement. I think um, even going into the who was it? I forget the name of the team that we played. And the Michelin, aye, Michelin. Before that game, I remember me and Anthony at the time saying in the group chat and stuff. Look, it's a bonus if we get there, and you didn't want to dismiss it. You want to get to the Champions League, but realistically, it was very difficult. Uh, and I, th- I felt that if we got Europa League, it was a great achievement. And to go and do what we done uh, to get through against Altmar, and it was backs to the wall in that um, away let uh, away tie. It was backs to the wall, and you have to take your hat off to some of the young guys that, that got us there who are, are prob. Mm. For the most part, no feature now, but they done a job and they carried out the instructions that Ange had asked them to do. And I, I think we gave a, a really good account of ourselves in the Europa League. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, we lost a lot of goals, but I think we caused teams problems, and it was like we've all always alluded to. It was early in our journey, but I think. Probably this, that or that time in the Europa League next year, I think we'll. If it is Europa League, it might be the Champions League. Hopefully, it's the Champions League. But if it is Europa League, I think we could do a hell of a lot better in that tournament than what we did this year because we'll be progressed further, and you can just see the team progressing all the time. But obviously, best case scenario, we want to be in the Champions League, having secured the league title. Yeah, 100%. I think that's the, everyone's aim this season to get that league back at Celtic Park. But, Francis, one thing we did notice was Postacoglu's style of play. <laughs> Very early on, we were warned by journalists in Japan and Australia that it was gung-ho. We conceded goals. We did. Ross was right to sell out, especially in Europe. I think we were top joint past conceding goals, which isn't good enough, obviously, in terms of Celtic Football Club. But in that in the league at the time, <laughs> we won a few games, 6-0, one against Dundee. I think the other one was St Myrna, if I, if I remember correctly. But what is the biggest improvements you've seen regarding the team, especially playing this way? I think they look fitter and you've got like a style of play, you've got an identity, you can see what he's, he's wanting to do, how he wants us to play. Yeah, it seems it may be a wee bit stubborn in the sense it's plan A or do plan A better, but I think at the weekend obviously he showed that he's <coughs> wanting to go free to the back, He'll, a lot of that was forced on him with personnel and stuff, but he looks... He's also comes across a manager that, well, not comes out, he has comes across, he has a manager that will work with what he's got in the sense that he's not brought any backroom staff in with him, apart from one we've got like, uh, is it the like the fitness guy or something like that that's Aye. came in fairly recently? But as in like guys in the in the dugout, so to speak, he's, he's working with what he's got. And I think if you actually looked at the majority of the signings and the way that Poster Cogler plays, I would say more than half of the signings weren't. Has guys, so to speak, what aren't his type of player? 
Like obviously he's probably he he rubber stamped that, but I don't believe as good as Joe Hart has been for us. I don't believe he's a Postecoglou style keeper. I want, I think you would actually argue Barkas or Bain is more a Postecoglou type keeper, which is good at their feet. But Barkas and Bain then again, it would be a goalkeeper. That's <laughs> partially the problem. And uh, Juranovic, I would argue, is probably that's a, a Postecoglou signing. Obviously, Kyogo's a Postecoglou signing. Jota's the type of player, Abada, and apart from that, I'm, I'm struggling to really think who would be his style of player because Starfield, although it was he brought in, he's not really a, a ball playing defender, is he? Carter Vickers as well isn't really a ball player. So it seems like he's obviously he's worked off the, the scouting network and he's just he's trusted other guys. So uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm really confident in the guy, and as I say, just our style of play, the fact that we've got you can see an identity of what we're trying to do, where we're where we'll get to give giving this guy the tools, give him time. Obviously results will determine that a lot, but I, I can't we won cup in the, the cabinet already. It's like you say, it's got to be success and I really just think in time this we will have a really exciting football team for a good few years with well this guy's in charge. Yeah, I mean, I think every team he's been at, I think Brisbane Roar in Australia, people describe that team as the best football team they've ever seen. In Australia, so if you could bring that type of thing to Celtic, Francis, then we're, we'll, we'll all be loving it. And as you said, a trophy in the cabinet already just speaks volumes to the man. But Anthony, round about that time, there was a rough patch of hitting the league. We lost our first uh, Glasgow Derby game against Rangers. We lost to Livingston round about that period as well. And things <coughs> seemed to take a wee bit of a downturn domestic form-wise. People were starting to question Ange and his methods, that kind of thing. But one thing that stood out to me was he never done what Lennon done and he came out in the interviews oh, oh it was bitter, bitterly disappointment or making excuses for pitches he never made an excuse for the team Postacoglu said we're not making excuses here we're here to win we'll keep working and working and for me that's came to the fore especially now when we look at the form up until well the Christmas break there yeah he, and even in a post-match interview against St Johnston you know he was obviously asked about <laughs> You know, injury problems and what injuries going to hamper him going forward in the season. And as always, they got that that shrug of the shoulder, that dismissive uh, sort of look, and he just says, "We'll just go on with it." You know, even if uh, if the the wider uh, sort of issues weren't happening uh, with COVID, etc., and the games had been going ahead, um, we would have been, we've been facing Hibs and uh, Rangers uh, before the break. With a, a weakened squad, there's there's no uh, two ways about it. But we would have got found a way to just go on with it. And if we'd have lost the game, um, there would have been no excuses. If we'd have won the game, we'd have uh, you know us lot would have partied uh, twice as hard. But um, no, I've been very like the rest of the guys, Stephen. I've been very impressed with them. Um, can't say I was too, you know, I didn't know much about him. Didn't really know anything about him until he came uh, to the club. But uh, yeah, he's just been a breath of fresh air and. Uh, Hundred percent in the trophy, uh, you know, mission so far. One out of one. Here's hoping that uh, that number grows uh, as the season goes on. Well, Alfie, I mean, you did make a great point, but just just looking back on what you said there, why do you think the press seem to have an issue with Postecoglou? I find it when I look at it from my angle, it's a bit ignorant and a bit stupid and naive of them to believe that Postecoglou doesn't know anything about football because he managed in Japan, on Australia, and he's handled that pretty well, but. Looking at it from my point of view, do you think there's an, an actual bias towards Celtic managers in that sense? 
Yeah, hundred percent. There always has been, uh, and it was something that we almost uh, accepted rather meekly. Um, I would argue, if you go back to the history of the club, um, until sort of Jockstein took the reins. Um, that's not to sort of you know sort of criticise you know Willie Maley or or you know anyone else that was still in there, you know, or Jimmy McGrory or anyone like that. It was just that was the wider societal issue um, at the time and. Until Jock came in, the Celtic were very much an easy target, and that sort of that culture has existed uh, within the media for a long time. Uh, it goes back decades, uh, probably to even around the, the time of the formation of the club. And those habits are proven, unfortunately, quite difficult to weed out. So it, it didn't strike me uh, in the slightest uh, that Ange has been subjected to this uh, this sort of culture of, you know, you know, a, a kind of sneering, they think they know better in media. Um, Ange Postacoglu has more knowledge in his little toe than the entire Scottish uh, fourth foot, football fourth estate have as a collective. And um, I think they're finding that out uh, the hard way. And I can only say as a supporter, I'm absolutely loving watching it unfold. Yeah, one, one of the see, most things I remember. See, for me, Stephen, ahead, I don't know if I'm yeah. reading too much into a comic, but see, I think it was, like, it was in his first interview where, where a, a journalist asked him about uh, managing at the highest level, and he was like, oh, you're assuming I've not managed it, like a World Cup at the highest level and stuff like that. I think for day one, after that comment, <clears> I just think they thought we're going to try and trip this guy up, and he's he said that number for the very first day, walked through, it, through the doors and stuff, and I, I think I, that after a lot of the media, that comment, when he... When the obviously talked about managers at the, the top level, and he, he obviously talked about managers at a World Cup and stuff, came back that quick. So I think that's up to a lot of the media. Yeah, I don't think it's just a Celtic manager thing. I just think it's just the media. That's what they do. They ask these questions. I don't think it's, it's like an attack on Andrew <laughs> Self. I think it's just that's the, what they're paid to do. They, they want to get that reaction out of a person to make a headline, and Ange just doesn't give them it. Every time he just absolutely just slaps him in the face, pretty much metaphorically, and says, "Right, go sit down." So, I don't think it's all Celtic managers that, that nah. like no disrespect. Uh, like you look at Rogers, you look at Martin O'Neill. I don't think that they always got that, but like certainly guys like Ronnie Dyla and Ange Postecoglou who have come in for like. Pretty much nowhere unknowns. You can understand the the sort of, for want of a better word, disrespect. Like we all had reservations when he came in, but we never once thought he didn't know football. We just thought, has he got the experience? Does he know what he's doing? But I think he's he's proved that in spades that he he, he absolutely does, uh, and I think. Someday, I kind of mind when he's there, alluded to Brisbane Roar playing the best football that country's ever seen. I don't think we're far off in the six months. I'm not saying the best of all time, but I think the football, certainly when he first came in, like I was totally taken by it, like blown away at times. See that when we were when we beat Dundee, we beat St Mirren, and we beat, I think we were 3-0 up, or maybe 3-1. We beat Hearts in the Cup. It was like three games in a row. We totally blew every team off the park. Granted, we beat Hearts 3-2. But 
But the football in the three games that we were playing, I was like, we're back. That's it. Mm-hmm. Celtic are back because it was unbelievable. The half of the as well. I've been loved this club ever since I can remember. Been going to the stadium and watching us play and the games in particular mentioned and Franny said I was going to say as well the first half hour against Hibs away at Easter Road and I'm like oh wow and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, that, that says if not up there with the best the best football we've ever played in uh, my generation anyway the football he's got us playing going forward is, is unbelievable it's unbelievable it is I think I think added to the fact as well, he's got wingers again, and we've missed wingers for ages. The pace, the taking players on, whipping balls in as well. But before we go on to obviously that, William, one of the key things that Postecoglou had to sort out when he came into the Celtic Football Club was the disharmony between supporters, even players on the pitch. Certain players wanted to leave. We all knew who it was, the boardroom. And one thing he'd done from day one, people like Ross bought into his methods straight away. They seen the way he played, even during pre-season. You could see bits and pieces of it in the games we've seen. But how important do you think it was to get the fans back on side? I know we've seen the protests, but they're still turning up in their droves, 60,000 every two weeks, and then they're selling out the away allocation, supporting a team like they used to. And for me, that's what, one of the most important things of the of the whole season so far that I've seen. Definitely. I, 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 I would probably say as the most important thing, the uh, staying or well, like, what's the word I'm trying to look for, the relationship between the, the fans and, and the club, before he came in for the, I would even say the last year, maybe the last six months, it was as low and as bad as I've ever seen it. The, the whole house saga, the uh, lack of information, the lack of a face, um, a, a front man to come and, and tell us what was going on. Uh, I mean, the reason we started this podcast was so we could rant and vent our, vent our frustrations about it, and we did for months and months. Uh it's incredible how one man can just uh, fix that damage between because it has been one man, and it's for me he's been two two big factors: the way he's got the team playing, the Celtic way, the way we've been brought up, seeing it, um, flair, attacking flair, wingers beating players, uh, just beautiful football, the way it should be played, uh, and the man himself. Um, a humble man, uh, a man that takes no shit, for lack of a better term, <laughs> uh, and and he'll defend us to the hill. He'll die for us uh, every time he, he's put in front of a mic, and he gets a, asked a very awkward question. Uh, all that's on his mind is defending this club and defending the way he believes football should be seen and should be played. And ugh, I just. I'm not that way inclined, but you just definitely would admire him enough. <laughs> see well, see the way he defends us at times, though. It's it's so aloof. It's like, ah, oh, mate. Yeah, you know I mean, there's no like we talk the, about, mate. Kenny Hing, like, see the thing with that as well. Because that is a bit patronising. I think when he says, ah, that. Exactly. in a good way. See, it, it's oh yeah, because because Lennon, I think Lennon, like, <laughs> like obviously the downfalls not last year, but I feel like every time he was put in front of Mike, he was trying to defend the club I just right. it just didn't come across that way and right. Ange is just the polar right. opposite mm-hmm. right. he, he is defending the club and it comes across the right way uh, Lennon it felt like a bit more like it was a personal thing he's trying to right. defend himself but but, he, but there was times where he would defend the club and I'd be like he's 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 a Celtic man and he is and obviously he is but Ange just does it with absolute 
class the way Rodgers did. Seeing Lennon's defence, by the way, see before it went wrong. When when Lennon defended the club, it was fully part. It wasn't in the same way as Ange. Ange, like I've said, he's, he was aloof. Lennon was fully passion because he's uh, got more a, a lifetime connection with the club. And when it was going well, and Lennon was totally defending the club, that. it was beautiful. It was beautiful to uh, watch. Ange is it's going fairly well. He's no went through a serious bad patch. Lennon, he's got obviously other issues that we'll no go over. Uh, but aye, when 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 it was good and Lennon defended the club, it was beautiful. Well, you say Please. you say we haven't had a, we haven't had a serious bad patch. I'll come to yourself, Francis, for this. Now, what we've seen recently is <laughs> there has been a few bumps in the road along the way. Let, let's be honest, but we've developed the way to win games ugly and in the sense of Postecoglou's style. It hasn't really been seen, but we're still winning games. We're grinding out teams. We're tearing teams out with the way, the way we play at the moment. Do you think that's just as important as winning games? Flashy, entertaining, 6 5 nil. I, For me, that's a sign of champions when you're winning 2-1 away at St. Johnson, 3-1, whatever it was. It, it has to be like that sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it was obviously the Aberdeen game was where they, we said we, one of the first times we said Ange actually won ugly up at Pataudry. And no team, even like... Your teams like Man City and Barcelona, they'll, they'll not win every game playing absolutely scintillating football. Scintillating football. You've got to have to grind out some games because, as we've seen recently, teams are just got to sit in with boys, with 10 men behind the ball, and then it's on you to break them down. Yeah, we've struggled at times, but we'll, we've came through it at times, so it's it's just a learning program. It's like, I wouldn't say Poster Coglu's stubborn, it's just he's new to the league, he's probably got to have to understand. Like, he's probably not really been with many teams where the opposition just sits in as happy to sit in for 90 minutes and try try and nick a draw or try and nick a wee win at the end of the game so he's he maybe the early stages had to try and adapt to that he probably expected teams to come out eventually and play against them mm-hmm. so but yeah you've, you've definitely most nearly every team that wins a league are going to win f- quite a few games in that season are going to win an ugly way Scrappy one now, like a scrappy odd goal victory. So it's good that he's now got that. And it says it's also it's not just for Ange; it's for the team when they when they see they can win ugly. It gives them a wee bit extra confidence just to keep going because you see the Ross County game where uh, Ralston scored in the hundred twenty fifth minute, and that it was uh, you just it wasn't a great game of football. But you just got to keep going and keep going, and they'll believe they'll get a chance and then just get a goal. So. Scrappy ones that just you've got you've got to be able to grind out results to win a title. I just clapped what you said there, 125. <laughs> very, very, very well done. But I mean, coming to your, yourself, Anthony, <clears throat> the way you look at it, I've got down here my topic list that I sent you guys out. We're going to speak about is the team standing tall. And I simply put two players beside Anthony, Cal McGregor and Joe Hart. We have to talk about these guys because for me, I think they've made such a big difference. McGregor stepped into that captaincy role amazingly well. Joe Hart's come in, former England number one, and I have to admit to you guys, I've told you this before, I did not like him one bit before he joined us, but he's totally flipped me around. (laughs) What's your opinion on these guys, especially the importance to them for this team? Well, we'll start with uh, the captain himself. Uh, I think he's just been, he's back to, you know, that that sort of forum that we've seen, uh, that he's sort of was so brought uh, so often under the likes of Brendan and and, and Neil uh, and his sort of first season back, 
as manager, uh, Stephen. I think he's he was the outstanding candidate uh, to take over uh, the captain's role from Scott Brown. And uh, so far, he's he's more than uh, you know for stepping into his shoes uh, perfectly by getting that first trophy at the first time of asking. Uh, so, like I said earlier, long may that continue. Um, there is obviously some, you know, a few people that are still unsure because he's not the, you know, the the traditional kind of captain in the terms of the ranting and raving at his teammates and you know all that kind of thing. But there's all different ways of showing leadership, um, and you know, no one will ever tell me that you know David Beckham wasn't a good captain for England or, or, or something, you know, someone like that. Uh, you could even argue to an extent, um, you know, when you look at, when you think of maybe guys down south, I actually think, that, you know, Stephen Gerrard, I'm not talking ability-wise, but I'm talking about the way he leads. Um, when Stephen Gerrard was England captain, like, like Beckham after, before him, he wasn't a ranter and a raver. He led by example. He was maybe a little bit more passionate uh, when he was playing for Liverpool, but that's, you know, understandable. But I, I just think he's been absolutely magnificent, and I'm delighted that you know that the, he took up the, the offer of the captaincy because it will hopefully stave off uh, the interest for him uh, from down south. Because you even see it uh, for Scotland as well. Um, some of the performances he's been putting in, um, anyone down south not considering them for their team uh, wouldn't be doing their job properly. Um, but hopefully he's with us. Hopefully for the rest of his career. Uh, in terms of Joe Hart, listen, I, I remember being on here uh, the first podcast after we lost the opening game uh, to Hearts at Tynecastle and saying that it was now a case, it, it was almost, we were reaching emergency uh, levels of crisis uh, in terms of the goalkeeper um, because I says it didn't matter how well we played from defence into attack, provided you had Scott Bain or Barkas and goals, we, we were essentially, you know, Gifting the team, uh, the opposition's um, at least a goal of a head start because they were their confidence was absolutely gone. You know, there's, I'm not de- denying these guys have got talent, of course they do, but you know sometimes it just it doesn't work out. Um, you know, we've we, seen some of the the saves that Barkas made for Athens before he came. You can understand why he commanded such a fee, but it's just not worked out. It's as simple as that. And and Joe Hart, you've got a four time. Premier League uh, Keeper of the Year, guy won, I think it was 80-odd caps for England, Premier League winner, FA Cup winner, you know, regular in the Champions League. Uh, and you can even see um, the way he conducts himself um, on the pitch uh, as well. He shows that the kind of uh, tr- sort of traditional uh, sort of kinds of leadership as well. He's always talking to younger members of the squad. He's always running over to Ange to pick up the latest instructions and to pass them on, um, especially at the back. And also as well, which it's maybe not the most important thing, but it it does always help. You can see the absolute love that he's got uh, playing here. Uh, You know, we all going well, we'll have him between the sticks for a few good number of years now. Um, You could see it in his eyes uh, when we won the trophy against Hibs. You know, he just just loves being here. He's always posting on social media, but he, he loves the connection between the players and the supporters. And, you know, for all these... You know, won lots of stuff down south. You know, Manchester City are never known for being the most raucous, uh, passionate fans in the world. You know, Spurs are Spurs, aren't they? You know, they're, they're very much the same. So he's probably never played for a club with such a fanatical following. 
And uh, yeah, he's been one of our best signings. Uh, and as I say, I'm just glad he's here. And like Callum, uh, I hope he finishes his career here. Yeah, 100%, 100% behind what you said there. And Ross, what do you said about these two players? I mean, you could add in maybe the likes of Ralston, Beton, the more experienced players on the team. They've really stepped up this year and they've made themselves counted. And even Beton the other day against St Mirren, he was captain. He'd done it really well. I think he said in his press conference, two wins from two being captain. It's an easy job. So, <laughs> I mean, these guys are definitely stepping up, aren't they? Oh, Beton, I can't speak highly enough of him now. I think he's been... Every single time he's come into the team for Celtic, I think he's been outstanding. Uh, I think for four or five years, he was judged on playing for Celtic as a centre-half, and he's absolutely miles away from being a centre-half. He's, he's done a job for the team and sacrificed himself and took the flak for years. Beton is a number six, and he's a very good number six at that. Uh, and every time he comes into that team and plays in that role, he's a guy that I want at the club and I want to stay at the club, whether it be a squad player, a first team player. He's, you could look at guys like Johnny Hayes, who were like squad players, and they came in and they 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 done a job and they done okay. I think Beton does more than okay when he comes in. Uh, I, I think he's. I just really think as a number six, he's. He's brilliant uh, for not the way Ange plays because he doesn't obviously totally suit that, but I think he's been outstanding for Celtic uh, for this season and I think we can now really properly start judging him as a Celtic mm-hmm. player again and, and the role that he's, he's back in and the role that he, he's accustomed to. Uh, as regards Joe Hart, uh, I was one of the guys probably like yourself, that when he was brought in, I had my reservations. I was very sceptical. Uh, his career had took a, pretty much a nosedive. Uh, it, yep. He had been a, a good keeper, but even when you look at, you look back at like, say, have you, who's got a, somebody got a somebody wee got a <laughs> You got a wee budgie, Stephen? That was me, boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's sorry. Well, I totally forgot he was there. <laughs> I don't know okay to get the cats, but uh, no, Sonny's making his, his presence known. He certainly yeah, disagrees with everything that fucking Ross is saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't make that sound all night, and then when I start talking, I'm like, shop, get me shop. <laughs> anyway, so, um, I do heart, uh, as I said, I was skeptical. Uh, his career took a nosedive when he was at I, I felt he was a good keeper at Man City and stuff uh, obviously but then even when you look at like as much as you credit Lee Griffiths with a two free kicks I still think even then I think Joe Hart was looking like the keeper that he hadn't been previously because it wasn't like they were in the top corner they were in, he was beaten fairly easily for dead balls and even at that point, I thought he's not the same keeper as what he used to be. But if he's come in at Celtic, he's he's had a new lease of life. Don't you know, it's it's not been perfect. He's had the odd mistake, certainly more with the ball at his feet, eh, which that's why he got a eh, what do you call Guardiola? Mm-hmm. I was, I was eh, that's <laughs> why he sort of got him out of the club. But it wasn't he suiting him? But I think. 
Franny sort of alluded to it that he's no that he's no an Ange keeper with his feet, but I think it was needs must, and he's came in and what what he's done. Faye came in on the park and most likely off the park for the outside looking in has been nothing short of absolutely remarkable and I, like he's he's never going to be the captain because he's not been there long enough but as a a sort of guy to lean on and a deputy for Cal McGregor I don't I don't think there's no better man that could have come into the club and helped him transition into the the captain that he is becoming. It's, it's it's just lovely to see, and I, I think I, I hope he's I hope he's at the club for well I don't know how long his deal was, but was it three? I think I was three years. Yeah, yeah, well there you go. I hope he's at the club for three years because he will be. <laughs> can I just by the way? Can I just jump in just for thirty seconds because I know you're probably talking you? me about this anyway. I am. With, I was going to. I was. Just with Joe, just with Joe Hart because um, it's not. Not so much his credentials as a as a keeper and what he's done. And by the way, since he's came in, some of the saves he's pulled off for us has been like yeah, and the Sectional. European games, and you're like, oh fucking hell, there's another one, and he's just pulling off diving at yeah, people's double feet. saves. And and me, I mean, me and Ross have spoken in previous podcasts about even when he's doing that, he's pulled off worldies. The first thing he's doing is getting the ball running straight up and trying to nice. start an attack. We feel that it's it's what he's doing. Other than that, it's his leadership skills, and he's 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 definitely going to be a manager in the future. He's he's an absolute born leader. Uh, the way he talks is I'm um, the same as what when Ange is, is on on the mic. Whatever the post match uh, conference he's in, I'm hanging on every word he's saying, and he's always saying the right things. Uh, he's just been an absolute revelation since he's came to the club, and I honestly couldn't I wouldn't want anybody else. In between the sticks, he's been superb since he's came along. Leaving Barkas. <laughs> all right, all right. I would, I would actually, I tell you what, I would actually rather hear Hart and goal than three Barkasses in the goal. <laughs> so I, I've, I've started writing our Hart J everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> IDST. <laughs> do, 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 do you know I something? One I'll, million pound, eh? One million pound. I know it's like I was 30, go- 33 or something, 34, but see when you consider for one million pound. Brilliant. I was going. To, I was going to come to you, Trevor Ross. I'll be joke lined up. Never hang to bring in William, but <laughs> I wanted to give you a wee bit to talk about Ralston because you've been you've been very vocal about Ralston in the podcast. You think he's up there with Player of the Year, and I mean he deserves the platform. So far on, he's been fiddled to the team as well, hasn't he? A hundred percent to steal some of the, our, our famous friends' uh, catchphrase. Hundred percent. He's. Uh, <laughs> For me, honestly, and as much as Kyogo's, I don't know if it's maybe just because of the transformation as a player. For me, he's player of the year. He's he's been as a right back to score the goals he's got, to get the assists he's got, and and the transformation. I, if you look back at the podcasts coming into the start of the season, Tony Ralston was your only right back, and I was like, this cannot happen. He is the worst right back. Obviously, they had the whole Neymar situation against PSG years ago. Uh, I I I was I, I could not believe you were going to the season <laughs> with him as our only choice right back. Um, oh, yeah, I, I went for him. <laughs> game after. Um, and he's it just shows you uh, uh, the same thing happened with Forrest under Rogers. Uh, the fans were on his back non-stop. Rogers came in and turned him into an absolute beast. And um, Andrew's done the same with I think Andrew's been a bit down at hanging himself when he says that I I. 
I don't know how I give him the platform and that's it. I think there's a bit more than that to it. Um, he's been absolutely immense for us this year. And, um, well, I mean, we're talking about all these players. Like Everybody's been, to a man, superb for us this year. But uh, the, just the transformation in the boy. I mean, he's went out on loan. He's an absolute unit. I think it doesn't matter what happens. We could go and beat Rangers in the derby 12 nothing. Tony Ralston putting Charlie Adam on his arse is going to be the best <laughs> moment of the season for me. What an assist off the back end, eh? <laughs> I was about I to say, if... Charlie Adam doesn't play for Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> did, did any of you see um, Frank McAvaney's comments over recently uh, I think about Frank McAvaney's the only one that uh, thinks, thinks he's rubbish in What did he but say? Here, uh, he said that he, he went back. He's a boulder he's or got... something. Uh, was it the uh, Ross County game or something? He said he, he played like somebody Mar- like a boulder uh, or something. St. Murray game. Played like somebody just hold off the street. And it's like, the guy's not allowed one poor game. By the way, see, see, no, seriousness as well. I know he's done a lot going forward, but how many? We've seen at least three or four occasions where he's made the last ditch, uh-huh. like, yeah. the, like, like a keeper, like game-changing mm-hmm. moments. And, and by the way, he's not, and well. like, he's got, yeah, he does make mistakes, but he, I, I, there's, there's no doubt in my mind he gives a hundred and fifty percent every time he pulls that shirt on and goes onto that pitch. And that's all as fans as we want. Like, if you're going to make mistakes, that's fine. I don't mind. If you're given everything you've got, then fair enough. And that's what I get from every single game. Nah, I just find McAvenny's comment, thankfully everybody just shot McAvenny down, but it was actually <laughs> ridiculous. Basically, one game said he's regressed so much. And you're like, it's one game, yeah. mate. You've obviously only watched him in every, one game. Every time we talk about Ralph in the break... It brings me back to that podcast when I was on with William and Ross, and Ross landed me right in it. But look, <laughs> Rally, <laughs> co- co- coming on to you, obviously, let's talk about some sprinkles in this New Year cake. And we'll start off with Kyogo. And that's an Anz Postacoglu signing. And by God, he's been absolutely immense for me, the best striker in the SPFL by a country mile. He makes defenders look silly with his movement. Defenders don't know how to defend against him. Claim he's offside nine times out of ten, but he's just laughing and winding them up. He's been a fantastic signing for us, hasn't he? Uh, but I think saying he's the best striker in Scotland's gone a bit much. I mean, Morelos is the most sought after striker in Europe. Every transfer market, as you know. So Kyogo can't be the <laughs> Kyogo. <best. laughs> he's but got about twenty-four staying on Kyogo. To be fair, I know. This is true. That's just so that. <laughs> That's been a tough Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm hunkered in my chair. But I, he's been an absolute breath of fresh air. There's no doubt in that. It's obviously a post-Coglu signing. Like I said, they can't believe nobody in Europe taking a taking a chance on this guy. So he was surprised that they actually be able to get the guy, and like. The runs he makes are like they're absolute, absolute amazing. His movement. I mean, be no quite. I know Aniesta is a, a fair age and stuff like that. But when you're playing with guys like Aniesta, you've got to know what runs to make because you'll know a guy like Aniesta will find you. So it's no, it's no coincidence. His movement is absolutely, absolutely frightening. But I think one of the, the biggest surprises for me, even like with really good players coming from like obviously from from Asia and stuff, it could maybe take them six to 12 months to sort of be settle in and stuff, just to the whole new culture and things like that, learning the, learning the language and things like that, so it's just, like, it's just hurt the ground running, which on 16 goals in all competitions, 16, 17 goals in all competitions, and a lot of them are big goals, like the two in the cup final, scored a fair few in Europe and stuff, 
and it's like it's never just like the fourth or fifth goal. And I get he always seems to score big goals. You see the difference in our team when he's playing to when he's not playing. It's just it's absolute night and day. So like I I just can't speak Kyle enough of the guy. I just and ah, he's, he's brilliant. Like Nakamura yeah. was is is definitely on the on the path to coming out of Nakamura's shadow. Anyway, mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. And Alfie, maybe a bit controversial here, but is Kyogo better than Dembele, Edward, and possibly the best striker since we've had Henry Larson? Mm. It's a tough well, one to sort of answer, to be so honest, Stephen. They're all sort of different, very Not different like. types of players, <laughs> um, to be honest. What, what I would say, though, is Kyogo's probably the... In terms of his off-the-ball movement, it, it's, it, it's I've not seen that kind of... that sort of movement from a player um, off the ball since since Henrik, you know, uh, Dembele and was a, you know, a big sort of Trojan you know, workhorse and just would always... Always put himself about, and he was it such a great touch. Edward, it was more effortless looking. He almost glided over the pitch at times, and you always said you had guys like Gary Hooper as well, who always you know were big big game players. Um, but it, it's Kyogo's just he's got a bit of everything, really. I mean, I, I think I said it on the one of the podcasts uh, before. It must you know defenders, you know they'd be as well trying to pin a wave to the sand as it is. <laughs> try to mark this laddie sometimes because he is absolutely sensational. Um, especially that second goal um, against Hibs in the cup final was oh. just, it was magical. It was 51 any uh, cup final. And, you know, again, similar to Joe Hart, what I love about him is that he just seems to love playing here. Um, there's, there's just, um, obviously, us supporters have taken him, he's Harps, or Harps. Um, and he just seems to to love being here as well. And uh, yeah, I'm just hopeful this hamstring injury uh, doesn't prove too serious. And hopefully when we get back to playing games again, uh, he's fit and ready to go because he'll play a huge, huge part in uh, the second half of the season, I'm sure. But in terms of the first half, oh, it's just been a joy to watch him. It really has. I mean, William... Anthony had his dancing shoes on there because as a politician does, he dance around that question like crazy. <laughs> but I'll make it easier for you. Is Kyogo better than... Is, okay. is he better than Chris Killen, Scott McDonald, Jan Vinegar Hesling? <laughs> he has to be, surely. Come on here. No, no. No way. No one here, anyway. <laughs> um, I was on the post-cup final show, so like, I, his movement is... I've heard, I've seen a lot on Twitter and I've seen a lot on um, Stephen, go and take that label off the bottom of your wine glass, man. It's putting me off when I was watching the shagging. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kyogo's moving. He's taking moving it back in the morning, can he? Kyogo's, uh, <laughs> Kyogo's, Kyogo's second goal. John's got a lot of deleting to do. Kyogo's second goal for me, right, was unbelievable. And, and like, there's nobody else in the league and in most leagues that are scoring that goal. But see the first goal for me? He, it's, it's his weak foot and his first touch is unbelievable and the finish is just as good. If Ronaldo or Messi are scoring that goal, it's getting shown for months and months and months in Sky Sports. It's, uh, the boys' movement, and like I said, I've seen a lot on Twitter and stuff like that about 
comparing him to the King, and that he's he's the best he's the best striker we've had since then. I tell you something, his movement his movement's better. He's nowhere he's nowhere near where the king was or is. Uh, I scratch off. But his movement is I've never ever seen movement like it. It's unbelievable. And it's, it's it must be a a, a number ten. No one and, and it's no a surprise that Roglic has started to play or started to excel now as well when he's got movement like that in front of him. Um, it must be a number ten's dream or a midfielder's dream to play with him because he's he's it, you know exactly if you're if you're playing a ball and he's going to be on the end yet he's been an absolute revelation and the fear the fear I had personally I don't know about you guys when like Edward was going and obviously we had lost them belly and stuff like that I thought where are we going to get goals from this guy has just been an absolute breath of fresh air and like Tony says it's not just. For me, we've touched on about with Larson as well. It wasn't it, obviously what he did at the club as a player was like second to none. Like there's nobody better in my generation, but it was the person he was as well, and mm-hmm. uh, the loyalty shown. Kyle goes the exact same. He's loved being here. The camera pans to him when he's in the crowd and he's clapping. He's out injured. He's the first one at the tunnel at half time, shaking everybody's hands as they're coming in, giving everybody cuddles, uh, and you know. He doesn't even speak their language and the bond that he's built with the other players, you see it. The end of the cup final, everybody was cuddling him. That 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 image of him and Ange <laughs> uh, yes. is just uh, when he runs down cud- it's just it's just uh, it, like it honestly brought a Get in the win him in New Year. I, uh, I, I just uh, uh, uh Got it right this time, Fry. I, I was going to say that I <laughs> fucked it last time, got it right this time. <laughs> um what more can you say about the guy? He's just—he's your man. He's your number one. And uh, I hope to God he's going to be here for years to come. By the way, that rhymed. Green Brigade might steal that Didn't. for a song. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to tell you one thing, Willie. Thanks for fucking pulling me up yet again. You never let me do something. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell! But look, Ross. I mean, the, the, the guys, the, the guys have summed up Kyogo perfectly. I mean. That we could wax on about him for forever. Basically, he's just a fantastic player. And as William rightly said, like when he's not playing, he's the first down at the tunnel, shaking people's hands. He's bound to the pitch when he comes off. That just adds to the person and the fantastic footballer he is, doesn't it? I, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. I absolutely love the guy. And just to sort of touch on, like, yeah, obviously asked the question, is he better than Edward? No, I know it was a bit tongue in cheek and stuff, but I, I just think. When, when you look at it, like, obviously we had Larson and it was unbelievable. But after Larson left, we, we tried desperately for a while to try and replace him with guys like Mo, Mo Bangura, Mo Ka- Timo Puke, yeah. Thomas Rasmussen. Henri Kamara. Aye, Henri Kamara. We went through a, a spell. He just, shh, just pretty much yeah. shit. <laughs> uh, and then we, we then moved on and we got Dembele eventually and everybody compared... Then we get Edward and fantastic players, and we've went from Dembele to Edward to now Kyogo, and I, I just think we've been very lucky in the last four, five, six years, whatever it is, uh, and we, we just enjoy him. He's just a fabulous player. He's a breath of fresh air. He just loves playing the game, and I think he has adjusted uh, to the country. Pretty well so far, uh, just because of the type of character he is. He's just, I think, people at the club have embraced him, 
and and how can you know because he's just so just so bubbly just so happy all the time and here's hoping that the the three his counterparts that come in are similar characters and can hit the ground in the same way that he has and if mm-hmm. if they do it'll only benefit our club no end yeah uh, yeah 100% and i know there's got there's people going to be watching and listening who will be screaming that we're not mentioning tom rodgers or David Turnbull on like a, a lengthy basis, but that's because we could go on forever about the players this season. I'm just picking out a random few to talk about, so we'll keep within a, a kind of structure for the show, otherwise we'll be here all night. <laughs> but I mean, Ross... Up, is it? <laughs> I'm no mind too the... far away. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Ross... Don't get a board, Ross. Is... Can I go to Ross? Don't get a board now. I'm all right, I'm all right. I'm all right. Damn it, you're not I'm boring, I'm boring, man. Jeez. <laughs> ah, thank. Right. Yes. That's an absolute shambles. Look at this. Now we're, we're off scale here, right? But Franny, I'll come to you here. here. No, nah, sorry. I'll come to you, Franny, right? Now, we've had a few players come through the door this season. Kyogo's made a big difference. The other guys are George Michael, Felipe Yada. A fantastic addition. He's come in. He's took the game by, by the scruff and next scored some fantastic goals. I think before he got injured, he was on five goals in six games. The skills he has is unbelievable. He literally he is the entertaining type, like McGeady was, Maloney was, Scott Sinclair when he first came. High fed or players like him that add to the team, especially in the wide areas that we didn't have last season? I think he's, he's very important when you consider like how Postal Cogler wants to play. He's, he's He's vital to that kind of style, and like we've said many a times, he's he's a Celtic style player. He's a winger that you want to get. Let's see that pint. I might make sure you've done no me an arse yet. It was the arse of the machine, so I only go like <laughs> three quarters with it. Three quarters with it, but we're still <laughs> looking good, by the way. Good boy. So you are. Uh, it's just it's what you want in a Celtic player. Is that? bums off seats type player <coughs> likes to get it down likes to beat a man and he's he's got an end product as we see we back Joe Hart again <laughs> <laughs> sorry shut <laughs> up <laughs> Ali, go ahead and, uh, like said, he's got an end product when you look at his assists and goals and stuff but it's just it's another guy that looks like he loves being here like he never <laughs> had a great season last year at Real Sociedad and then he's obviously came in Came into Celtic, it's maybe a wee bit better. He's probably he's a lot better, obviously, a lot of the quality in the league. But also, I think he's loving the fact that the fans have got that connect with him. He seems to have a wee bit of connection with the fans and things like that. So, like, I, I we've said it many a time. It's you need to buy this guy. You need to do what you can to make sure this guy comes in on a permanent basis. But for where we've got him, I think we've we've just got to enjoy him and. Because he's just he's a really really good exciting football player. And I think the Magida comparison is is a pretty good one. It's bang on like Magida was fully all the the tricks and flicks, so, and then getting to the bank. But also, pardon me, had a, <laughs> <laughs> had a had an end product. But yeah, I just I absolutely, absolutely love the guy. Absolutely love the guy. John Respectable is going to be podcast. What a fucking family, Johnny. <laughs> People burping, <laughs> Ross pouring, ah, shambles. But Anthony, you may get them shoes back on again and get ready to start dancing because we'll put you on the spot. If it's a toss up between sending Jada on a permanent deal or Cameron Carter Vickers, who you have? Oh, that's a shocker. 
that is a shocker question. Great question, Stephen. Well, do you know what? I've, I've, one of my biggest frustrations uh, as a follower of politics is the fact that they never answer a question. So I'm going to redeem myself and answer that outright. <laughs> uh, it's got to be Jota for me every oh! day of the week. Uh, and it's, that's really absolutely that. nothing. Absolutely nothing against Carter Vickers because I think he's been absolutely fantastic. The, my, my only argument that why Jota is is more of a priority is of you know we have to we need to have as many attacking options as we can, um, and him and Kyogo just seem to have this partnership at, at the moment. Um, it's just that it's, it's brilliant watching them in full flow. I mean, you think back to that game up at Dens Park. I mean, it was it was just scintillating to watch it. I was. I was down in, in Manchester that weekend uh, for the Derby and I was watching it in, in Gary Neville's, you know, the, the hotel football. And I was, you know, I was like Martin O'Neill jumping out my seat every every few minutes. I don't think the staff quite knew what was going on. Uh, it was just absolutely sensational. Um, as I say, Carter Vickers has been as well, but obviously when you take into account that obviously the big news uh, coming out of the, the club yesterday was that uh, the main man from France, our superhero, Mr Julian, is, is back and ready to go. It, it just, for me, there are, and, and obviously young Stephen Welsh has done great as well. Uh, I, yeah, I tell you what, it's like watching the Avengers here, so it is. And, uh, <laughs> I just think that there is more, um, I just think that, it's more of a pressing matter to get Jota. But listen, it's Christmas time and, you know, we can all be greedy. So if there's a way of getting them both, then, you know, by all means, Mr Nicholson, you know, do something uh, worthwhile uh, in that boardroom and get that money spent on the two of them if there's a way of doing it. Yeah. And obviously, William, William, I mean, Anthony makes a great point. And for me, it would be Philippe Yana, who, who would I, would, I would choose on the basis when Anthony said Julian's fit to come back. But just to touch upon Carter Vickers, I think William, he's been absolutely fantastic. And it probably sounds a bit contradicting saying that I would take the other and stuff like but I have my reasons. I think Carter Vickers has made such a difference. Him and Joe Hart have that previous connection, obviously both coming from um, Tottenham Hotspur. He strolls through games quite easily in the SPFL. He can pass the ball when he needs to. He can, he, I've never really seen him be an outstrength by a striker, which is fantastic to see. So it is a hard decision and I'm just a bit worried that Celtic won't spend twelve million on two players. That's where I'm coming from. But what's been your opinion of him and his importance to the team? I think he's been immense since he's came in. I think he's uh, most definitely our number one centre half uh, this year. He's. I think he's got everything you want in a centre half, and especially for Angie Stell. Like you said, he, he's he's comfortable on the ball. He can he can pass the ball. He's got a goal in him. He is an absolute unit. He is huge. I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen anybody shrug him off the ball. Um, no. I thought the I thought uh, the other night he was. I thought against the Johnson he was immense, uh, as usual. Honestly, I would. I, I don't see why we, we shouldn't be signing both. Uh, the revenue we bring in from p- p- player sales in the past three, four, five years far outweighs the expenditures. So um, I think it should be a priority. Maybe not so. I know we t- touched upon it when Russell Boyce was on the show about how um, we should be looking after. But I think if you got if you got these three the, the three guys that's the worst kept secret in from Japan <laughs> and signed these two on a permanent deal in January, I don't think I'd be too disappointed. I want more than that. Obviously, we do. But um, as a priority by the end of the season, these two guys need to be in. 
It's not a matter, it's not a choice between one or the other. You need to have the two of them in. I think that um, Ju- Big Julian coming in alongside Carter Hopefully he's first kicking off for a while. He just hit somebody with a wrestling move. Uh, <laughs> I think eventually Big Julian, I am a massive fan of. I think that Julian and Carter Vickers is appearing to be not to be oh. reckoned with. Mm. Um, him and Jota have been, Jota has been Unbelievable! It's just lit up the whole. It's like Kyle and and Tony's touched that upon it. The relationship between the two, you can see it on the pitch. They've talked about it. Jota said he's learning Japanese. <laughs> I mean, it's a no-brainer. You've got to you've got to do everything you can to sign these two players. And it's it's it, it, it's not um it's not a matter of one or the other or what you you need to do it. It's, it's and six. By the way, I know twelve million is a lot of money. Seeing the game nowadays, it's absolutely peanuts. Yeah. And I reckon if they like say, see the likes of what a Brighton in England, they would they would snap the two up for that, and it's and it's nothing. And the two of them would make a difference in their side. We've got to sign <laughs> the two of them. We've got to. For me, if you sign Jota at six and a half million, you're making money on you're, you're making ten plus million regardless. Oh, that's it. Like you're selling for oh, ten plus same, regardless. The same thing happened with Edward. Like Celtic would never, you never ever spend a nine million on a player. They did it because they know they're going to make a profit on him, and they, they do the same way with Jota. Yeah. Maybe not so much uh, Carter Vickers, but with Jota, I think in worst case you get your money back in Carter aye, Vickers. Yeah, with, with Jota, you're, you're making fifteen, at least fifteen million on him, surely. When you sell them in a couple of years' time, but uh, you've got to sign them. It's no brainer. I mean, yeah, you make a great point, and Ross, I left this week because I think this is interesting. It's something that came into my mind today. Obviously, the rumours coming out is uh, Mead is a, a done deal. He plays off the left, the left hand side. He's an option to buy. I think it's one point eight million euros at the end of the season if things go well. And what that struck to me, maybe they're planning on that signing Chadwick permanently, and then Carter Vickers coming in for the six million. The cheap option would be Mieda. The, the thinking of the Celtic board, in my opinion, would be that. But, I mean, William makes a great point. £12 million pounds in today's game is nothing. But we all have to understand, Celtic have a biscuit tin. There's rust around the seal. It's never rarely opened. And the most likely solution is, Mieta would be the cheap option. All really looks a quality player. But what do you think about that? Because it just came into my head today. Um, I think if Celtic do that, I'll be absolutely livid, to say the least. Uh, I, I agree with Willie. I, I think that, yeah, realistically, possibly we might only sign one. But if if you want to be successful, we have to do everything in our power to get the two of them. Uh, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't want to prioritise either because I think both of them are as important to the team as each other. I think Carter Vickers is the He's the best defender I've seen at the club since maybe the O'Neill days when we're looking at guys like Melby. Van Dyke. Oh, God, right. I forgot about him. Right, OK. <laughs> 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 but you, you, you get my sentiments. There's no been many through the door for the O'Neill days other than Van Dyke. I, people going a bit deny. I, I wasn't convinced by that guy, to be perfectly honest with you. I like the um, I thought he was beyond shite, that guy, but anyway. Don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but anyway, so <laughs> I, I think that basically Carter Vickers is. Come on, Franny, Belgian international, behave yourself. Yes, but played about two games. I mean, he's not in the last two internationals. Aye. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. Guys like Vertonghen and Vermalen and all the guys were in before him. He's just been drafted in a couple of times. But anyway, back to the Carter Vickers. It's an outstanding. He's a, he's been an absolute colossus for us. Fee came in, and I, I just I, I think that if 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 you don't sign him and you look at a back, well, certainly your two centre halves. As Starfield and Julian, I, I don't think I don't think that's good enough. I think there no there's no a strong enough dominant centre half. You need at least one of them, I think, still. And Carter Vickers brings that. So, and then you look at Jota and his understudy at the moment. I know you've alluded to Maeda there, but his understudy at the moment is Johnson. So that's as every bit as important as Carter Vickers. I think we need to get the two of them in the door. I get what you're saying on the Maeda Maya, thing. Personally, myself, I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think that Celtic will sign Jota. I think that's almost a certainty. Whether they'll sign Carter Vickers, I don't think it's as certain, but I think it's as important. Yeah. Can no, I just I, touch I totally on agree. sorry? What Ross said there, I'm, I cannot agree more. I think. Of course, you did. One powerhouse, <laughs> one powerhouse, and one nice ball playing mm-hmm. centre half, like like a Vidic and Ferdinand, Carter, CCV, and uh, Julian, Julian could be your Vidic and Ferdinand. Aye, I uh, agree with that. Aye, that's that, see, that would be my that would be see, my pairing going forward. Aye. See, flip your my other one as well, Stephen. Maybe like as much as obviously I want you to come in, is it no? Maybe a wee bit promising that maybe they're forward thinking. In case they didn't get your line and I've got my header there. Maybe they'll I put think... Johnson out in loan. <laughs> I think one of the main issues is we need to understand this option to buy thing. It's still up to the player. That's it. If they say no, then they can't be forced into the move. So no, we have no. to be hopeful that Jada wants to join Celtic on a permanent basis in the same Maybe regard. Of Mayada, doesn't want to I think it's more of yeah. a... I think it's the way football is now. An option to buy. I mean... If we had a Yeti and an option to buy, would you have bought, paid six million for him at the end of the first season? No, you'd have oh, cut your... Maybe they're so learning for their mistakes. So this sorry. is this yeah. is this is the way it Good is. I think, but I think it's the way football is now. I don't think it's just Celtic. I think if you look at deals around the world, majority hmm. of them are we'll take him on loan for a season with a view to buy him because we want to look at him and see what he's going to do for us I for guess, a year. I guess never going to do that. Yeah, I agree. Because it's not you're yeah. not just loaning the guy then. Or the guy, like, because you imagine say, we're just loaning Jota and then you're going, oh, we'll pay six and a half million. They're like, nah, he's about 50 million, mate. Let's try again. The option to buy and we're agreeing the fee. And with that option to buy, you're not just taking a guy for six to 12 months and going, I will like him. Can we get him for this? And it's like, no, you still have agreed this at the start yeah. of the deal. Well, I think as well, guys, as, as folks, as we know, this is our end of year special, our review in the Posse Cogdues for a six month of charge. And I don't think there's a better way to end it than picking our favourite game, our favourite game where we played well I mean you said Easter Road William so I'll come to yourself first what sticks out for you what kind of game what, what result was it well as, as a result it's got to be the cup final and they two mm-hmm. goals because um, 
like I say, I don't think there's any. I, I'm just going to say it. I don't think there's any other player on the planet that would have scored the two goals that Kyle goes scored. Um, I don't think there's yes. anybody with movement like yes. that. Honestly, I honestly don't. <laughs> um, so obviously that's going to stick out because of the cup, us winning a trophy and all the rest of it. But saying that, Ross has alluded to it earlier. We went, we played Hearts in the cup game. And we all, we all went together to the to the game and. That first half, we should have, we honestly could have scored about nine goals. That we were, yeah. it was breathtaking watching the football. Um, so that sticks out big time. I know we ended up three two, but um, just the football we were playing, we, we didn't put the chances away. Which, I mean, we've been a bit lackluster on that in, in the past six weeks or so. But the football we played was like you're looking around, looking at everybody, thinking. What, like what is going on? Like the, the attacking football we're playing and the intricate play and the interchanging and it's there's no wonder teams were like feeling terrorised because the movement was unbelievable and uh, so that sticks out. But I mean the cup final, Kyogo's final, it'll always be Kyogo's final because I don't think we actually played particularly well, but two moments of brilliance from a world class striker, a world class movement, and uh, two. Quick pieces of play from their captain and Tam Rogic, who's again been lighting up my life. Yep. <laughs> the way he's playing football is unbelievable. Um, so that obviously sticks out. Kyle goes two goals in that final. Are just yeah, for me, like I totally agree. I think the cup final sticks out because it's a, a league cup in, in the bag. It's back at Celtic Park where, where it belongs. It brings success, and we need to keep that kind of trajectory going, William. But Anthony, what are you saying? What's been the game that stood out for you the most? And this is maybe a wee bit, uh, a wee bit sentimental, and, and then, like you say, you can't argue with the cup final or anything uh, like that. It's a great shout uh, for William. But I must admit, I pretty much enjoyed. Uh, I loved the day when we went up to Tannadice and won purely because we were all sitting hanging in the pub uh, after the Christmas party at the Kerrydale the night before. Uh, and, Some more than you know, others. Just uh, you know, kind of beat those four or five, four or five bonus pints when you're, uh, you know, when you're, uh, you're, you're on the, the hangover. It was oh, uh, a brilliant wee day, rounded off a perfect driver. weekend. And by the way, we were electric that oh, day. Oh, no, Franco, well. you, you, you have a, we have an unpaid debt that we cannot pay you uh, for taking us <laughs> so home. We were, electric, we were electric that day. And Robert no, so I'm going, I'm going to pick Tanadice. When you think of Tom Rogic and uh, Scales coming on, making his debut, scoring a goal, um, Tom Rogic and, and, and Turnbull were just absolutely magnificent that day. And uh, yeah, like I say, bonus pints after a top weekend. Can it be done? Yes, 100%. And Ross, what about yourself? For me, uh, it would probably be, I think it was it was either 6-0 or 6-1. It was at home to Dundee. I think that's Six when nil. it changed. And we, we, don't get me wrong, Angie's interviews and that, for the first press conference, I was like, I'm on board. I like this guy. I like the way he talks. I like his vision. But that Dundee game, I thought, so I just clicked that day. It changed. And I've said it already in this podcast. I think I was like, we're back. This is us. We're back. This is what we want Celtic to be. This is how every Celtic fan wants Celtic to be. And I thought that day we were, everybody knows it was only Dundee. Everybody, the other side will say it was only Dundee, but we were absolutely outstanding that day. 
totally outstanding. And we blew Dundee clean off the park. Kyogo was unbelievable. That was the first game where I thought, wow, we've got a player here. I think he got a hat-trick that day. Yeah. And we were just, we were relentless. And it was it was the football that he'd said we were going to play. We'll never stop. We didn't stop. And we just totally blew them off the park. They never laid a glove on us. And it was, I, that's that's when the Angera, it just clicked and changed for me. And I know we've had our ups and downs, as we were always going to have, but I think we're, in the six months or so that he's been in charge, I think we've had more ups than downs. Mm-hmm. And keep it coming, man, it's brilliant. Speaking about ups and downs, I, I love reading our group chat on Matt's Day. There's always something going <laughs> on. It's so incredible. what about yourself? What, what game for you? Well, Nestle was going to pick the cup final just because of the, the significance of it, but obviously Wally's picked that. Then I was going to pick the Dundee United game because it was the away game uh-huh. where we played really good. And then I was going to pick the Dundee home game. So I'm going to go for Ross County when Ralston became Raldo. There you go. Oh, and I yeah, used Tony. Nice kid. Like it. By the way, can like I just say another one? I wish I actually thought of this, but, but to see the, the, actual, the Dundee away game, because... Uh, well, Anthony spoke about the, the go- no. No, I was Dundee United. Yeah, and and the goals we scored in that game, especially that Aye. goal where Jota drops a shoulder, beats a man, and Kyogo puts Aye. that in off the post. That will be wow. goal of the season. By the way, Aye. nothing's beaten that. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And obviously, guys, that brings us to the end of <laughs> end of our New Year review for Alan's Postalcoldu's first six month in charge and. As we can see, folks, as I said at the start, it's the extravaganza. The whole group's back barge on, but he'll be back soon, pending on when he gets his jaw fixed, but hopefully that's pretty soon mm-hmm. so he get back on the show. Mm-hmm. But guys, it's been a brilliant podcast, and from us to the viewers, to the listeners, we all hope you have a, a fantastic new year. You just do everything you want to do, because this, this year has been another hectic year, and I hope everything goes well <laughs> for everybody. Stay safe, keep well, hail, hail. Happy New Year, trips. Hail, hail.